0: is Unexpected with Hannah Love. In this podcast, you will gain a new perspective of how God loves you enough to call you to things that you couldn't have imagined for yourself. I'm going to start out strong here and drop a favorite quote on you guys. Anita Crazon once said, God shines through the cracks of broken people. I can't tell you how much I love this. Have you ever noticed that the best people in your life are the ones that don't have it all together? Perfection is a nice goal, I suppose, but even the thought of it wears me out. It isn't realistic. And to be very honest, it isn't relatable. My favorite people, the very best people I've come across in my life are the broken ones, the broken hearts and weary souls who know what it is to hurt and to fear and to struggle. These are my people, The ones I can sit down with and pour out my own flawed self to. There is no judgment in that place. There is safety and comfort in conversation between imperfect hearts who just need to feel like they aren't alone. And in those precious, honest moments, God opens an opportunity for us to shine our lights for Him. Isn't that amazing? God uses the struggle and history of our lives to give us the very testimonies we can take out and share. Though the Bible is full of stories of brokenness, there is one that always comes to mind—the story of Ruth. To be honest, the story is equally as compelling for Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law, because they are both redeemed so beautifully. As a refresher, I'll read the first chapter of Ruth to provide some context. Ruth chapter 1 verses 1-22 through 22. Once upon a time, it was back in the days when judges led Israel, there was a famine in the land. A man from Bethlehem in Judah left home to live in the country of Moab, he and his wife and two sons. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. His sons were named Malone and Chilion. all Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They all went to the country of Moab and settled there. Elimelech died and Naomi was left, she and her two sons. The sons took Moabite wives. The name of the first was Orpah and the second was Ruth. They lived there in Moab for the next ten years, but then the two brothers, Malone and Killian, died. Now the woman was left without either of her young men or her husband. One day she got herself together, she and her two daughters-in-law, to lead the country of Moab and set out for home. She had heard that God had been pleased to visit his people and give them food, and so she started out from the place she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law with her, on the road back to the land of Judah. After a short while on the road, Naomi told her two daughters-in-law, Go back. Go home and live with your mothers, and may God treat you as graciously as you treated your deceased husbands and me. May God give each of you a new home and a new husband. She kissed them, and they cried openly. They said, No, we're going on with you to your people. But Naomi was firm. Go back, my dear daughters. Why would you come with me? Do you suppose I still have sons in my womb who can become your future husbands? Go back, dear daughters, on your way, please. I'm too old to get a husband. Why, even if I said there's still hope and this very night got a man and had sons, can you imagine being satisfied to wait until they were grown? Would you wait that long to get married again? No, dear daughters, this is a bitter pill for me to swallow. More bitter for me than for you. God has dealt me a hard blow. Again, they cried openly. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth embraced her and held on. Naomi said, Look, your sister-in-law is going back home to live with her own people and God's. Go with her. But Ruth said, Don't force me to leave you. Don't make me go home. Where you go, I go. And where you live, I'll live. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. Where you die, I'll die, and that's where I'll be buried. So help me God. Not even death itself is going to come between us. When Naomi saw that Ruth had her heart set on going with her, she gave in. And so the two of them traveled on together to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was soon buzzing. Is this really our Naomi? And after all this time? But she said, don't call me Naomi. Call me bitter. The strong one has dealt me a bitter blow. I left here full of life, and God has brought me back with nothing but the clothes on my back. Why would you call me Naomi? God certainly doesn't. The strong one ruined me. And so Naomi was back, and Ruth the foreigner was with her, back from the country of Moab. They arrived in Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Now, because the book of Ruth is only four chapters total, I'll stop here and commentate and fill in the rest. This story is sad right out of the gate. Naomi and her family left their homeland to seek refuge from a famine. They left everything behind—home, family, friends, and even land because they were starving. Shortly after they arrive, Naomi's husband Elimelech dies. Can you imagine how devastated you'd be to leave behind all you know, but at least you're with your family? And then your husband dies. The only comfort Naomi had left were her two sons. They each married, and time goes on for ten years. We don't know what transpires in this time, but we can assume that Naomi did not have any grandchildren yet, as none were mentioned. We can also assume that her daughters-in-law were likely in their mid-twenties when her sons, Malone and Killian, died. Remember, women were married at young ages in that day. Naomi has no blood family left. She is left in a foreign land with no protection and likely no source of income. She's also responsible for the welfare of her young daughters-in-law. She does what she feels is the most kind thing and tries to release them of their familial duties to go back to their homes with their own families. Bereft and broken, bitter in her own words, Naomi has nothing left. Flipping perspectives, we see Ruth, a young widow. She has no children and seemingly no hope of a future. Even in the midst of her brokenness, though, she loves Naomi. She clings to her and refuses to leave her. Ruth is broken, but she surrenders her life and her future to the God Naomi follows, vowing, Your God is my God and where you go, I go. I find such beauty in this broken place. See, brokenness, in its purest form, leads to surrender. Even if she didn't know it at the time, Ruth's posture of surrender was preparing her for a future she could never have imagined for herself. Naomi and Ruth return to Israel. They were broken but home, bitter but humble. Ruth goes into the fields to work. She's gleaning hard and tedious work. Defined, gleaning means the act of collecting leftover crops from farmers' fields after they have been harvested. Culturally, this was the work of the poor. Not only did this show Ruth's humility, but also her courage to gather leftover grains among a foreign people who may not have taken kindly to her presence there. One day, Ruth was noticed by the owner of the field she was working in. The man's name was Boaz. He asks about her and goes on to extend his promise of protection over her as she gleans in his fields. This man just happens to be a kinsman redeemer of Naomi's family. If you aren't overly familiar with the Bible, you may be thinking, What the heck is that? (laughs) Well, I'm so glad you asked because a kinsman redeemer, as defined by GotQuestions.org, is a male relative who, according to various laws of the culture and day, had the privilege or responsibility to act on behalf of a relative who was in trouble, danger, or need. The Hebrew term for kinsman redeemer designates one who delivers or rescues or redeems property or person. In other words, this man was technically able to redeem Naomi and Ruth by buying back the land that Elimelech owned, because he was a family relation. What's more, he could also marry Ruth to restore the family line lost due to the death of her husband. Well, This story is so sweet and so full of God's goodness from this moment forward. I hope you'll even go on to give it a read for yourself. And I hate to give away a good ending, but you know when God is involved, He will work all things to His good. Ruth goes on to be redeemed, and Naomi too. Ruth becomes the mother of Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David, who, as we know, is the line that Jesus comes from. Can we just take that in for a minute? Ruth a foreigner, was not only grafted into God's chosen people, but she becomes a part of the lineage of Jesus. Talk about God's beauty from brokenness. Brokenness is a powerful tool. It is where strength is found and character is forged and relationships are formed. It is also where we meet surrender, surrender to God and his purposes for it all. She gave it to him and he blessed her. And that is just what God will do with whatever brokenness you are carrying. He will bless your story at the moment of surrender. It may take years to see it, and it may not. But God has a remarkable way of using each and every life story to touch other lives. If only we are brave enough to share them. So today, I want to encourage you. Don't feel the need to be perfect, sweet friends. Your beauty is in your brokenness. And don't hold on where you need to surrender. He is waiting on you today. Embrace the unique cracks that are yours and shine His light through them. Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode has encouraged you, please feel free to share it with your family and friends. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today, and my hope is that this show is a candle in the dark.